Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Java Chat. My name's Coffee with Mike, <clears throat> and I happen to be sitting here with a with a good uh, a good buddy, a new good buddy uh, that we've had uh, the chance to chat a couple of times. And I said, you know, I think you need to come on here and share some of your story and experience. So I have the pleasure of interviewing today Dan Zatoski from the Passive Wealth Academy. Um, good morning, Dan. Morning, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming out. I, I appreciate you taking out the time because you know we we really try to provide as much value as we can for our listeners, and cool, and we are live. I'm just I'm just making sure that we are live on our page, <clears throat> and we are cool. Awesome. Um, a win. <laughs> yeah, total. That's the first one. Now let's see if we can keep it going. Um, so I can, I don't even exactly remember when or how we connected. I know it had to do something with real estate, and I know that's your that's your that's your whole deal right now is right. Passive wealth through real estate investing. Can you kind of give us a, a a brief on where you're from? I mean, where you at? Where'd you grow up? How'd you get into this particular specialty? Because you've been killing it out here, Thank and you. I'm sure people want to know. Um, and then I'll ask you the other question. I, I this this came up first though. Yeah, let's talk about well, that. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm doing this now 28 years. I started back <laughs> wow. almost 18, 19 years old. Um, I did everything from, I mean, I grew up watching my grandfather. He owned a little bit of real estate, came here with no money, bought some real estate. And I used to watch him. I was enamored with the fact that he would just go and pick up money from, from tenants. <laughs> I always loved that part of it. I always wanted to do that. I didn't realize how hard it really was until I, I got involved myself. But I was, I was a saver. I was a hard worker as a kid. I saved up a little money. I bought my first property, which was a condo, and I rented it out. And I, I wound up going into the Navy. I have a story growing up. You know, I, I, it was a tough life. I didn't have the best childhood in the world. Mm. Uh, I don't like the pity party or anything like that, but I really should have been a statistic. So uh -huh. at 18 years old, uh, I decided at that point I couldn't do college anymore because I couldn't afford it. I had nowhere mm. to go. I had nowhere to pay for it. So mm. I wanted to go into the Navy. And while I was mm. in the Navy, the funny part about it is that this is the, the, the where it starts is I was making $248 every two weeks in the Navy when I first got in. And I was making about $600 a month as a, as a landlord. While I was in the Navy, I was making more money passively on one property. <laughs> as a military E1 in the in the U.S. Navy. So also at that time, I was under I was under 21 years old. So when I got out of boot camp and I went to core school, which is I was a hospital corpsman in the Navy. Uh, when I went to core school, uh, my going out on weekends might have been going to Taco Bell or going to the gym and watching the time, <laughs> movies. <laughs> I couldn't go out drinking with these 21-year-olds. So right. I used to come home with all these checks. I used to have the rental money. And at that point, I came back. And I remember everyone got paid, and they're eating steak dinners and going out drinking the first day. By the second week, everyone's eating bologna sandwiches in the commissary. <laughs> yep. so, yeah. So what happened to me? I had the money. So I became the one. I, I learned early on that, hey, I'm going to money. I probably shouldn't even talk about this because what I was doing was probably not even the right way to do it. I was lending the money. And I was getting paid back money on my money, and and the next payday, the same thing would happen, and and it, it worked out great. But anyway, fast forward, I came out of the Navy, uh, tough to find jobs. Started, I got in the mortgage business, back in the mortgage business, which I did in high school, mm -hmm. and I started becoming a lender. Further on, became a broker, and while I was doing that, I became a police officer in New York City. Um, and at that time, at that time, being a police officer in New York City, I was making twenty eight thousand dollars a year with a wife and a kid. Yeah. I live in New York. That yeah. wasn't going to work. So, no. 
uh, keep going forward. I, I'm, I'm opening my brokerage. I'm doing a lot of mortgages, all the money I made in mortgages. I was buying real estate. The real estate was providing me additional income. Funny story about the, the, the police department is I was a, a young guy, you know, new rookie, making twenty-eight dollars to $30,000 a year the first few years until I got to top pay. And I'm driving a brand new Acura 3.5 RL. <laughs> it got to the point where I was actually being investigated because they oh. didn't remember. Yeah, I was being investigated. Wow. I actually sat down and went through an investigation on this and they asked me questions. By the end of the investigation, they started asking me how to get involved in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Because in, in that department, everyone has these, you know, most people have a limited mindset. They believe oh, yeah. They're oh, yeah. not supposed to be successful. They believe they're supposed to be miserable. They believe they can't make extra money and yeah. they can't do what it takes. So why I'm saying this is not to impress anyone. It's to impress upon you that you, you need to think differently. It's all about mindset and thinking differently. And I refuse because I grew up, it was very tough. My mother took off when we were young. My father did what he could do to try to take care of us. You know, you were, you were a roof overhead. We had food, but we didn't have extras. I mean, we're kind of on our own. And um, I always... I always said at that point, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be like this. I'm never going to do this mm. to the kids. I'm always going to make sure we had money for stuff. I'm always going to make sure I took care of them. And, uh, you know, fast forward, I got into everything from when I left the police department after 9-11, I went really hard into fixing flipping, right, because I liked – I was chasing that money, right? So at one point, for many years, I was doing 30 to 40 properties every month, making wow. no less than 40000 no less than $40,000 net on property, the reason I say that is, is anything less than forty thousand, I would just wholesale the deal. Sure. But I was spending a lot of times seventy, eighty, ninety thousand on a property. So figuring out 30, 40 properties a year, I was doing very well, multiple seven figure. I, I, I would, I, I would say, yeah, I would yeah. say. So I was out there, yeah, I was out there at that point. So that, that's where that's where the story really started. I was out there buying all the cars, the nicest cars that you see people <clears> on Facebook, <throat> they rent out and they post on Facebook, and it looks like their cars. They put those out. I have, I own those. Um, <laughs> watches. I mean, I have a watch collection that can, that can crush most people, but that, you know, so I, I was doing that for my wife, buying her all the cars, jewelry, vacations, the vacations I won't give up, but it got to the point where I was working 100, 120 hours a week yeah. and I had no life. Yeah. So now when I get introduced on, on stage to speak at an event, I'm actually introed as one of the most unsuccessful millionaires you'd ever meet. Because what happened? Wow. Yeah, after all these years, after all these years, that's how this book came out, right? Passive to Prosperous. That's my, we're a best selling author in this book. Okay. Um, we talked about that. And I'll talk a little bit more about what that means is mm. when, when I speak to people, when I coach them or mentor them, even I do a lot of mentoring, a lot of consulting with businesses mm. outside of real estate now mm. Mm. Um, because it's the same facet for every, every business. I said, sure. why are you in business for yourself? And usually it's, I want to work for myself. Why do you want to work for yourself? Because I don't want to answer to anybody. Why don't you want to answer money? Because I want to have the time to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want, anytime I want. I was working 100, 120 hours a week. Why? Because I had the ego problem, right? Because I was so unhappy with myself. I grew up in, uh, in basically depressed and miserable. And I always said, I'm not going to do that to my guy. I'm going to give them what they wanted. But what they wanted was me. They didn't want the toys, this, the, that. I mean, yeah, the kids want the games and stuff like that. But I wasn't, I wasn't around for their games. I wasn't around for sometimes birthdays. Right. I wasn't around for that stuff. And got to the point my wife finally said, she's like, you know, I didn't want all this stuff. It's you who wanted it. And you know what? You need to look deep inside you to figure that out and to really be vulnerable 
to figure out it was me. It was my own ego. Let, I was me, let, me, my- let me jump in on that. Yeah. You, yeah. You, bring up, you bring up some really good points. Um, for One, first off, <laughs> twice over, thank you for your service. One for the Navy, one for riding the thin blue line. Thank you. We have much respect for veterans. We have much respect for our police. I get what you're talking about with regards to the, and I'm, you're going to see me come from behind now because I, I want to go through your story. Right. I, get, I get what it means to be a police officer and not have the pay that you deserve, considering that you walked out that door every day, not knowing if you were coming home yeah. for one. Yeah. And then to have to go through that whole that whole interview process with IA. I also know that process from friends that have had to do it. It's not fun. It's very, very taxing. It's emotionally draining in some cases. I love how it turned around. I totally love that part because that's that's just awesome sauce, no matter how you look at it. I gotta tell you, the look on the look on their faces, I'm I'm wondering what you were what when when was it that you realized that all of a sudden they finally got it and all of us they started asking questions in reverse and I what did that do to you? I actually right away well I knew when you go into something and you know you're doing nothing wrong, you have nothing to worry about. So I actually went. Sure, in, no, I'm just, I'm just talking about their, what the, the look I, on their faces I, when you I, saw I, it light up. I kind of went in there laughing, like cocky about it, because I'm like, you know, you guys, know, you, have, you you think you're smart, you have a limited mindset, you don't know what you're doing, and you know what? If you just open your mind, so I went in there and I was just like throwing things at them, and and I knew when I got <laughs> them, they couldn't answer. But when they started asking me questions, I got to the point. I says, you guys, you just, basically at this point, I says, you know, you guys need just need a lot of help. You need a lot of mindset. And I said, man, this anyone could do this. And I turned around and I remember I said, listen, if being a dumb New York kid is really what you got me for, then that's probably me. But I mean it. <laughs> I don't. Really <laughs> know. Um, yeah, but but that's you know, and and this is this is again, you talk about the limited mindset. And we talk about this in in quite a bunch of different interviews. Huge, huge. When when you're when you're in a situation like yours, you know, you, you had a, a broken home. I mean, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs do come from broken homes where they're kind of up against it and they have no choice, but to rise above that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you could have very easily been a statistic, but you decided against <clears throat> and conditioned yourself otherwise. So like, you know, you walk into something like that and it's like, I have no idea what you guys think you're doing, but I'm going to show you what's real. Right. Right. And, and then to be able to, now you're now you're coaching, and you're teaching people how to get out of that that mindset, whether it's lazy or, or uh, what's the other one, scarcity, because um, there's still a lot of that. There's still a lot of that going around. I hate to say it, and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into the political thing, but there's a lot of pandering to that to that mindset, yeah. and it's really unnecessary. I mean, there's still there's still so much opportunity. There is, I mean, and you know, I, I we always talk about this, and I say, you know what. Um, I, you see what's going on in politics, you know, and, and I did run for political office last year. I took a whole year out of my business to run for political office here. And you see what's going on with politics. And you really, if, if you allow that to really rule your life and regulate what you do, You're in um, trouble. It's, it's like anything else. It's like, if you, if, if there's something bad that happened in your life and you allow that to change the course of what you do, yeah. um, you, you failed. Yeah. You failed out there. And, Absolutely. and I see a lot of business owners do that. And when I get involved in a business and I consult with that business owner, I get in there and most of the time, the CEO of the company is their fault. Um, they're the problem. They're the hiccup in their whole business. And it's always a, a blame game. It's always um, a responsibility issue. It's always a training issue. So you're absolutely right. But when you go in there and, and you go in, in your mindset, you know that you're, there's a way to do this. And I always looked at, the way I always looked at everything, I mean, I've had a lot of challenges. And I always, if you could do it, why can't I? And I've always had that mentality. 
And I, I do that with people. I, I mentor people I, when I speak at events. And I always say, if I could do it, why can't you? I don't proclaim to be the smartest person in the room all the time. Yeah. Uh, if you are, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. If, if you want something, figure out how to do it. Find counsel from the person out there that's doing what you want. Oh, yeah. And then that totally. can get it done, right? So yeah, whatever totally. you want to do, you know, get a mentor. We'll talk more about this, but, you know, get a mentor. Get somebody who's doing exactly what you want and do it. And that's what I love being. That's my true passion is being that somebody else changing their life. Um, and I and I tell people, listen, I'm not a get rich quick scheme. I don't buy into that. I believe, you know, do the work, yeah. and you'll get to where you want to be. But also focus on your vision. So um, I think so a lot of people, I think a lot of people miss that too. But what you just said is, is you know, they they're still <laughs> they're still looking for a magic bullet. <clears throat> There's never been one. No. And that, like you said, these guys that are out there renting luxury cars that that you already own. And have and have a portfolio. I mean, I know guys that are out that are that are killing it on e-commerce and stuff, and they're showing off their lifestyle. And I look at that and I go, I see no planning for the future. Yeah. I, I, I see uh, the you live only once mentality. And what happens when? Because you know, every 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 economy has a cycle where things reverse for a little bit. Right. Right. I mean, I've I've watched you and I have both been in mortgage. I watched the crash of 08 take someone right. that we knew. Who had six Lamborghinis, a 6,200 square foot house, um, a whole floor on a mortgage deal, and about 40 agents under him in a week's time? Gone. Dude might as well have had a skateboard to ride on when it was all over. Now, yeah, oh my God, it's it's I I I've seen the same thing. It's you know what? And I was that guy. You know, I got I was lucky because I always added rental properties into my portfolio back then. Yeah. But yeah. then I turned around and I said, you know, even with rental properties, I turned around and I said, you know what? This is not 100% passive. There's still work involved, right? Yeah. yeah. I learned to become the bank. So I'm a, I, what, what I do is I raise capital to acquire non-performing assets from the bank, right? Most of it is non-performing notes, yeah. REOs, so foreclosed properties, tax liens, or distressed sellers. But I ultimately, my ultimate goal and my vision at every single point on my vision is that I want to actually turn that into passive income. Becoming yeah. a bank, creating wealth. That's the true way to create wealth. So I knew that I said to people, I said, you know, it's a lot sexier making forty, fifty thousand dollars a property when you flip it, right? Then yeah. make three hundred dollars a door. But make that three hundred dollars a door a couple hundred times and see how yeah. sexy that's. Yeah. And you're not and you're not having to deal with it because somebody else is managing it for you. Right, right. Well, and when you sell a finance it to somebody, nobody's managing anything for you. It's exactly. a servicing company. Completely. I don't do anything. The checks just come. So I have a rental portfolio. I have I sell a finance company. Um, so the checks just come in. So I'm the bank. I become the bank. My ultimate goal is always to become the bank, but I hold my own portfolio as well. So that allows me now to do whatever I want. Yes, can I buy any car I want? Yes. Do I buy any car I want? Absolutely not. You know what? And I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. If that's your passion, do that. I, 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 yeah, there's some guys out there that got some really nice collections, man. You yeah, know? I mean, I, but, but that's because that's what they love. I have beautiful cars myself, but you know what happens? After I used to be the type that after every six months I would sell and buy an upgrade, buy another car, you know, get the Maserati, get a Lamborghini, yeah. get the Bentley. It, yeah. it, every six months, and you know what? You lose the, you lose the giggle real quick in those cars. You lose the, <laughs> you lose the but what I'll never lose the giggle on anymore. What I'll never lose it on is my family. Now we'll talk about every vacation we go on. Where I spend a lot of my money is on my vacations. Yeah. And literally I do what I want when I want. Like, you know, my daughter has field hockey practice tomorrow. It's a two hour drive to this place. She asked me to go. I'm going. I would have never mm. 
There's no way I could have taken a half a day off before yesterday. Sure. I, I decided my friends were speaking at an event. I said, let's go to Philly. Let's go to the event. I'm home. I'm not traveling this week. So me and my wife went to Philadelphia on a beautiful day, walked around Rittenhouse Square, had a beautiful dinner, coffee, went to the event, talked to friends. Yeah. <laughs> Java, right? It's all about the Java. Uh, I'm a coffee freak too. And oh, good. We're brothers. It's all good. I'm happy. Yeah, I'm a coffee freak. Not <laughs> to enjoy it. You know, I was like, she's like, you got work to do. I'm like, I always have work to do, but I don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, it's a difference. I don't have to do anything. Um, and that's that was something I, that Tony Robbins brings up too is that, that that's he's been quoted on that one is freedom is the ability to do what you want when you want on your terms. And, it, and you've, you've gotten there. I, um, I, 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 that's that, that to me is success. And I don't care what level, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be making $200,000 a month. It could be making, I mean, realistically, people can live on any 10,000, 5,000 a month. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. Stop way. chasing things that really <clears throat> make you happy. If they make you happy, go for them. I mean, like I was a car nut back then. I'm not a car nut anymore. I'm just not. Um, I'm not a lot. I, I love watches. I shouldn't say that. But I, I, I if it's going to impede, yeah, if it's going to impede <laughs> what I do with my time, then I'm not going to do it because the ultimate for me, my vision is everything. So that's where that's where I've come. That's why it's called my book is called Passive to Prosperous. Passive to Prosperous. So the first chapter is so important because it talks about my why, and the other chapters are how to do the business. But that doesn't get me excited anymore. Teaching how to do the business. In fact, this Saturday, I'm going to a friend's. <laughs> I'm teaching one last time in live. I'm teaching how to raise a million dollars more in 90 days or less, right from private money. Not hard money, private money. Yeah. And after that, every, all my courses are put online so people can get them online because we've been asked so many times to come out and speak at events and, 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 and teach and do that. And I don't truly enjoy that part of it. What I truly love doing now is helping business owners out um, in all facets, not just real estate, mentoring people one-on-one, -on -one, true action takers one-on-one, -on -one, being a keynote speaker at events talking about the life journey, the roadblocks, the mindset, the scarcity, the limited mindset, taking action. I love that. I love changing people's lives in that audience, telling my story. And I'll be, I'm as vulnerable as they come out there. I don't have it, I don't have an ego anymore. It doesn't matter to me. I'll be vulnerable because I know by being vulnerable, I can help somebody in that audience. And that's changing lives. I, I can't tell you how much feedback I've gotten from, I mean, books. I, I'm at events, events that aren't even real estate events. People are coming out to me. And tell me they've read my book, or they heard me speak at a keynote, or they've seen me online. It's just, it's. I love that because I know I'm changing their lives. I, you know, I money. Actually, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, I get a kick out of that too. I mean, I don't speak as often as you do, but when I do get a chance to get in front, like, well, I'll, I'll go to the colleges. Um, and the last time I was at one over here, I literally ran them through. Here's the difference between what you're about to run into and what you think you're going to run into. So I, I give them what they think they're going to run into, which is, you know. It's just a simple interview. I'm going to go and intern here. I'm going to go do that. And then I and I said, okay, now you're going to run up against me, the entrepreneur. Huh. And this, these are the questions that I'll ask you. And it never fails. Not a single one can answer. And I said, no. this, is, this is what I run into with you guys. You guys are prepared improperly. And then you can't think beyond what you're taught. I said, you have to change your mindset. That's that limited mindset. You have to change your thinking to look beyond what you know and go find out what you don't. That's awesome. That's very yeah. powerful. That's very powerful. 
Yeah, right. because and I, th I think a lot of people that you talk to as well probably run into the same issue is that they've been that you, you got the seminar junkies that think they know everything. And then you got the people that are coming in fresh that don't know a damn thing. And they're they have essentially the same mindset. They're not clear. Right. You, you talk about your why in the first chapter of your book. By the way, I'm getting your book, so I need that link. Okay. Um, the, the, the first chapter you talk about your why, it's a huge matter. Um, we, we were just talking be before we got started about thinking grow rich, <clears throat> the definite chief purpose, your definite aim. What is it right. that you're really about? Um, you figured out over time that it's not about all the material things, that it's about experiences. I think for the most part, most successful people eventually come to that conclusion that it's not about what you have. It's about what you what you remember. It's about the things that, that caught, it's the emotional bank deposits. Does that make sense? You understand oh, that concept? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and and to be able to, and now you're doing it with other people that aren't even your family, to be able to go out and do that with other people, whether they come up to you and thank you or not is irrelevant. You're, you've become a new source of of joy for other people that there's there's more than what I think there is. There is more. And it's not. I mean, and it's, not it's funny because a, a group, uh, I, I have a real good affiliation with, it seems like dentists, it seems to have hmm. with what hmm. we do. And uh, man, what a tough industry that is! I tell you, <laughs> I, didn't how, I didn't know how tough it was, and I have family that dentists. Yeah. Um, but what happens is a couple in dentists had, had become investors of ours, and um, all, it just seems like every single one of them has come to us. And what they're doing is sharing our story out with all their friends in the community. Yeah. And I must have eighty plus dentists right now hitting me up at different points. Um, we've been invited to come into some dental offices and work with their team. Uh, consult with their team. We've been invited to some dentist dentists to work with them one on one to build their own portfolio of rental properties in emerging nice. markets. And it seems like every one of their goals are to get out of the practice. They can't stand it. I hear stories where they have over four to five hundred thousand dollars in loans. I have one couple dentists, husband and wife. They have over a million dollars in student loans. They hate the business. They're young, and they don't know what to do. They're scared to death. So um, yeah, can we change their lives? One hundred percent. If they take what we say and start putting it into action, day one, we could change their life. You know, we could talk to them, and a lot of them have to work a ridiculous amount of hours to pay these bills. Yeah, it's, it's just—it's just the way they were programmed, and they were programmed the wrong way. Now, and I'm going to say this, and on the other hand, there are probably some dentists out there that love, would absolutely love their business, love what they do. They can't think of doing anything else, and that's fine. It's the same thing with material items. If your if your why is to save up enough money to buy cars. If your wife save up enough money to buy boats, it, whatever it is, and you accomplish that, mm. you 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 uh, hit your why. But the difference is when I speak to people, or when I mentor them, or when I consult, I ask them. I, I first time I meet with them, I go through goal setting and what their mm -hmm. vision. But right. their is, and they, their actions don't align. They go like this. They don't yeah. align. Yeah, it's completely divergent. Yep, I, I see the same thing. And you see it in real estate investing, right? You see it. I go to these events and I'm a real estate investing and everyone's out there flipping houses, wholesaling houses, doing all this stuff, right? They're all new. They're on the business the last five, six, ten years, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm through three market cycles. I was at the worst one, 2006, seven, and eight, like you were. That was, that um, was a bad one. I came, bad one. On, I came out unscathed because of the way we did it. <laughs> I tell them, I said, listen, <clears throat> 30, 40 plus houses every single year, right? What happens if that stops like this? Like, like your friend who is in the mortgage business, if it stops like this, what happens when that stops? It's a transactional business. When you're in a transactional oh, yeah. business, you know, you're stuck by, you know, dentists, doctors. The, the doctors are getting destroyed by, oh, yeah. Obama. I don't want to, you know, talk politics, but Obamacare is destroying them out there making, a dentist is making $6 something for a cleaning. 
Yeah. It cost them thirty-five to fifty dollars for a hygienist an hour to do the cleaning. So you're stuck by alternative third parties coming in and controlling your business. But you have the ability to control your own business if you want to learn. And it's not just as easy as buy rental property. You want to learn the ins and outs of the rental mm -hmm. property. You want to learn what markets to be in, what Absolutely. team to have in place, what price to pay, what kind of updates to do to that property, how to set yourself up as maintenance-free as possible, how to truly make it a passive type of investment, and then learn about the tax benefits. And learn, you know, don't take that $400 or $500 or $600 a month you make and go to Vegas and throw it down on black. Learn how to pay down your other debt. So when you start... And when I started, I always tell people, is I was the Robert Kiyosaki guy. He's leverage, leverage, leverage. Right, then right. I was the Dave Ramsey guy, pay down, pay down, pay down. Pay down. <laughs> so I hit that pendulum. But you know what? People are like, I, I hear all the time from young guys, oh, you're dumb. You got to use your equity to buy more. I said, yeah, I understand that. When you're buying more and you're acquiring more. But I said, there's something that comes along with psychological sanity, psychological freedom. Yeah. And it says, when you turn around, I always say, you'll never go, you'll never go poor not having debt. Right. Now, I'm just saying you need debt to build. You do need sure. debt, debt to build. But once you get to a certain level, what's your vision? If your vision is to make a certain amount of money per month so you can live the way you want forever, well, then go down. Now, I have a different – what happened about three years ago, I got to the point, and I really <laughs> bypassed my goals, bypassed them by far about three or four years ago. And I went through another little bit of a, like a depression, and, uh -huh. and not truly psychological depression, but a depression where you know I'm in my 40s. What is my purpose in life? I Where thought you were in your 32. That, wasn't that just last month? Hey, that's, I started. <laughs> no, I'm sure you've gone through stuff like that. Like, what's your purpose in life? Once you hit a certain goal, what's your purpose? Yeah, and what's I, after that? What's next? Yeah, I hit that goal and was like, what do I do with myself now? You know, do I want to just sit around and do nothing? Um, do I just do deals for the sake of doing deals and stress myself out? What do I do? <laughs> Money is not – see, people. some people say, well, money's evil. One's enough. They told me, Dan, one's enough. You have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doors. One's enough. And I said, it's not about the money. The money is now the vehicle to allow me to do what I want to do, to, to, to leave a legacy, to fund. You know, I fund a ton. And I'm not the type to go out there and tell people everything I fund because I don't believe that that's the right way to do it. Right. But I put a lot of money into different organizations right now that I believe heavily, heavily in. Go. And I love it. And I also have a passion that I want to create this this legacy that I'm building an online training course for financial literacy for youth around the world. That's, ah, yeah, that's right. We that's that's something that I, I think we got into a short conversation about that, and that, okay. that's been a that's been a big thing with me too because of how little, if to nothing, any of the educational system in our country has any longer. I mean, Run. years ago when we were a kid. Yeah, completely gone. When we were kids, I think the last thing that we ever had was home ec, and the last thing I remember about that class was maybe balancing a checkbook. Maybe that's great. There was nothing about man. Well, there was nothing about managing credit. There was nothing about managing finances. It was just balancing the book. That's great. You know what? When I when I get an events, I, I used to speak and do like little library events for parents that come in, um, and I would tell them, "Go home, have your kid write you a ten dollar check and mail it to you. Let's see who can do it." And it would be zero percent of the kids could do it. Zero yeah. percent. They couldn't they figure out check register. They can't address an envelope. They don't know where to stamp. Yeah. It's ridiculous I what's know. going on. They're so used to they're so used to digital. If anything goes manual, they're completely lost. We we dumbified this world. And I'm not saying it's bad for for millennials are very smart. Um and, and there's a need for them, right? There's a need for what they're doing. I don't you know, they do things fast and they, it's great, but we've dumbified this world. 
um, because they don't, they can't read a contract. You know, they document on everything. Nobody understands how to read it. Nobody knows what APR is, interest rates. And they go into college. They go into all this debt. They buy, they get credit cards. The day they walk into college, they give you out a free credit card. Credit card. Here's a th- you walk into college. There's a thousand dollar credit card. Thousand dollar credit card. And they, they use it to go out drinking and partying because they need stress they, relief. They, instead yeah, of using it out, and they're just yeah. taught incorrectly, right? Yeah. So yeah. my goal is, what are you going to do in this world? And that's my legacy. So. We're raising a lot of money, and I'm not saying raising it. Every every online training I sell goes into that fund. Every book sale I do, which you don't make money in books, goes into that fund. We're we're coming up with four hundred fifty thousand dollars to do this the right way, and then we're going to keep it extremely cheap just to cover server costs and the staffing. Sure. That's sure. absolutely it, and it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I mean, if it comes out the way we're planning, and I usually get I usually complete what we're planning, and we're thinking about two to two to three more years to get this done, and sure. uh, that that's so that's changing for me. So a couple of years ago when I decided, when I hit my goals and I said, you know what, what else do I do? Um, I love helping. I love helping people. I love teaching this business. Um, so I, I went out there and I started, you know, mentoring, teaching and doing a lot more of that. Um, not for the money. Obviously, there's, you have to pay money for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, and the reason you pay money is one is our time. And two is we want serious people in here. You know, sure. it's people that just waste time. But it's it's truly what we love doing, and and you know we've been a keynote speaker at a couple of events now. We get paid for some of our speaking events now, and, and our ultimate goal is to really take that to the next level, to to really touch as many people as we can touch, and just keep getting better at what we at our our craft, and that's our craft and what we do. Our business is still running day in and day out. So whereas where most educators or speakers are out there, some of them are not doing this business. We literally you know just took down fourteen properties in Dayton, Ohio about six weeks ago. And we've already sold off about eight of them. I think we got nice. five ready to go in the next week. Nice, nice. So we help want to own their own properties, re- totally rehab, managed, or we, we don't manage them, but or we actually get them the properties where they can fix them. They can do what they want, rent them and build their own portfolio. And we sell it to them either for cash or sell the financing. So you have, and that's and that's an existing program that you have now available. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll need a link for that. We'll put that up on the on the on OMG marketing, and then if somebody wants to take a look at it or be a part of. It. By the way, if you're listening on the podcast, it'll also be in the description. You'll have the link there too. Click on it. You'll get to see what Dan's up to and how he's helping people. I want to touch on something real quick that you mentioned. It's interesting that you want people that are serious, and I I learned years ago when I was when I was a little younger. <laughs> Um, yeah right we're about the same age if i remember correctly um i learned uh a while ago from from a friend of mine says you know if you're out prospecting for business you're going to get three types of people you're going to get the the absolute just not not going to happen you're going to get the ones that are fireballs which are kind of rare and then you're going to get the weight watchers and the first time he said that i was just like weight watchers and he goes yeah i know they they get in and they wait and they watch because they want to see it's they want to see it fail, and it's hilarious that that mindset still exists. But again, like you said, we've dumbified, we've conditioned the the our our particular country has been so consumer trained that they expect to grab everything in a scarcity mindset with every dollar that they have rather than investing it, so that long term they're covered. Um, right. I, even even for me coming back from what I went through because I went through some I didn't I didn't just go through the the recession I went through a divorce. Oh. So I, I got a double whammy. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah. You that's, know, it, it, and it is what it is. It took me about a good solid eight years to get through that and a couple other bad relationships. But the mindset, 
you know, I have my coach and I've got my, my colleagues. I mean, I'm sitting here with one of my colleagues right now. Um, having people around you that have the proper mindset of this is not only doable, it's probable. If you have that kind of a mindset and, and you're doing like, like I do the, the normal, you know, everybody reads their goals, affirmations and so on and so forth. If you're constantly in the mindset of I can and I will move forward or I am moving forward. Right. Think the worldview changes, you know, yeah. things, things that are, things that are, things that are bad or not good. You look at with compassion rather than, Oh shit, you know, right. this is, it sucks. Oh yeah. It's, it's unfortunate, but I have compassion for that. And that's not going to stop me from doing what I'm doing. A lot of people were saying, um, in the last, this administration, the administration before and the administration before that, I heard everybody talking about, oh, the economy sucks. It's horrible. This, that, and the other thing. I'm like, what are you watching? Yeah. What are you looking at? Because I look at the markets and they're just, they're doing their normal up and down. I look at the real estate market. I see guys still crushing it out there. I look at other, other industries. They're killing it. Where the hell are you getting this idea from? Exactly. And it, it just, if you, if you take a, a, a viewpoint of this is not going to affect me. And honestly, a lot of people were like, during the last administration, all oh, these policies are going to screw business. Well, they might hamper some things, but that doesn't mean you can't succeed. This administration has done a couple of things that were questionable. And, and mind you, they've been doing very well with our economy, but I mean, it doesn't affect me. Well, that's think, a federal thing. Think about it. I'm here. In, in 2008, right? You were, in the, you were back in the mortgage industry. Like I, in 2008, the banks oh. stopped working, right? Well, they yeah, on a, on a moment's notice. <laughs> so, so what happened? What did I do? Did I did that affect me? That actually helped my business because what I do, I say, you know what? I got all these properties. If banks aren't lending money to investors, investors are not putting their head in the sand saying, the real investors are not done. Yeah. So what did I, do? I said, you know what? I'm going to sell finance with these properties. And how was I able to do that? Because I went from, from that Robert Kiyosaki to the Dave Ramsey where I paid. I had no debt on these properties. Well, that's even better. And you know what? I'm going to truly. So I started sell, sell financing these properties to owner, back then to owners and then to investors. Perfect. Then all of a sudden we had Dodd-Frank come out, this great Dodd-Frank come out. And all of a sudden Dodd-Frank became a pain in the butt for owner-occupied borrowers. We had to underwrite them. They had to have a certain income. And most of our, 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 our borrowers that had the income were able to get mortgages. Most of them couldn't show the income. They were the contractors, the landscapers, the entrepreneurs, the realtor, right? Yeah, the income to get approved. So I was now funding those deals. So I took wow. I took a negative and made it a positive. And, and, and that's something I'm really good at. That's where my core competency is. I can always find a way to, to negotiate a deal, to actually make that deal work, or to take a situation that's negative and turn it into a positive. And that's what I like, did my whole you're like, self. You're like yeah. one of the first guys I've ever heard that actually became a bank because you serviced under Dodd-Frank. Most people that I know that were lending and stuff like that wouldn't touch that anymore i, I and i and i you know i told you i brokered before private money and funds they owner occupied i'm not touching it you're like well, the first guy i've come across that has. I, 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 I touched it a lot and now i do more invest i i'm 95 plus percent of my stuff is in that owner occupied there's a lot of all the reasons for that too sure um, sure but i mean you, you actually took the shot at it and you helped people in the midst of that you craziness you have to find out how to do it. you just got to underwrite when our mlo you have to follow the rules and regulations and you're fine um you're gonna find a lot more investors than owner occupies that are qualified but 
if I have an owner-occupied borrower and it comes to me and qualify for one of my properties and they qualify, I have no problem handling yeah. that. Yeah. But even when, even here's the issue, right? It was all owner-occupied. Then Dodd-Frank came out. We said, everyone's like, well, my business is dead. Your business isn't dead. Why don't you start acquiring properties that investors would like? Investors aren't under Dodd-Frank because it's commercial loan. So there's always, what I'm saying is there's always some way whether you, you could put your head in the sand, give up and say, I quit. And believe me, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're, you've been in the business, I've been in the business, and there's many times, and I'm, I'm not going to proclaim that this business is, is you know, sunshine and rainbows every day. It's not. There's uh, no. So what, I'd have a problem with that. I'd, I'd, have a, I'd have a real, like, where's the other shoe? <laughs> and that's the problem is too many people are on social media and, and they're putting the fake out there. Um, that's why, you know, my friend Matt, Matt he, he coins it fake book um, because – uh, it, it you could be whoever you want on there, but you know you when you're, when people really start to um, attract to you, when you get that attraction, is when you become vulnerable and you become honest, right? right? And I wasn't always there. I always thought I had to be this somebody. I always had to show off. I always had to show that I'm successful. And now I just don't have to show that anymore. And, I must have caught you. I must have caught you on the back end of that because. I've only seen you talking about how to help people and how to do things. I mean, as long as I've known you, and it's been kind yeah. of short. But well, I, I mean, we're, we're talking even before Facebook. It was like when I was out there driving these crazy cars, and when it was all, yeah, so it, it was all yeah. you know, I was giving on, I was working 100, 120 hours a week to, to keep up with that. I don't and know how you could do that. Dude. That's a lot of freaking hours. How do you sleep? It's there was no. I literally it was early morning to late at night. I would go out to dinner on Sunday with a bunch of friends, my wife, and a bunch of other couples. And they'd have to wrap up my dinner and bring it home because I was outside till 10, 11 o'clock speaking on the phone. Contractors, realtors, property managers. It just didn't end. And, you know, I was just, yeah. why was I doing it? I was chasing the money to to actually uh, to actually go out and, and buy these things that didn't make me happy, these material items. And like I say, I say that, but I also say, if it makes you happy, there's nothing wrong with it. Go do it. You know? so, so let me let me, let me me ask you, because I, I, didn't, I didn't get to ask you this in the beginning. We've kind of been talking about it anyway. Yeah. But what would what would be and I you, like I said you kind of touched on this but what would be your your most solid piece of advice to somebody that maybe has that they're in that space they're right at that point where they're like do I keep doing this or do I investigate doing what Dan's doing or do I investigate doing what so and so's doing or mm -hmm. what would you what would you say to somebody that's like right there? They're like right at about that that edge of a cliff, and they, they don't know well, if they should I can, jump. I can keep it really simple. Really work backwards. Under, when I say work backwards, get to your vision, your end goal in mind. Okay, and your end goal in mind is is time with your family and your friends to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with whom you want, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what's good is what the actions you're taking getting you there. All right. So how much money do you need to do that? How much time do you have to get there? Okay, what kind of deals do you need to do to get there? So, like I said, if you need to make, everyone seems to tell me ten thousand a month. If you need to make ten thousand dollars a month, how many years do you have to get there? Well, if you have five years, do you want to either retire, have your spouse retire, pay for your kids' college, whatever it might be? Okay, you have five years. You you need to make two thousand dollars in passive income minimum per year. Increase that every year by the next for the next five years, right? Right. How much money do you make per deal? Let's say you make two three hundred dollars a deal, right? You do uh, eight deals, seven deals, seven deals a year. You just add another twenty one hundred dollars a month in income. How many? You have to work backwards. How many properties do you have to see to get seven deals? How are you going to get those deals? Do you have money to market? 
Do you know asset managers? Are you good at picking up the phone? Are you good at knocking on doors? Are you good at social media? How are you going to get those deals? But everybody wants it like this. They want it today. And the problem is, you know, and that's where a lot of educators are taking advantage of people. It's, hey, get rid right. of it. You can't do that. It's just no. it's, you're selling like, a false weight, brain. Right? Yeah. Like, look at weight. I'm on, I'm on a health health journey right now. I'm in it two weeks, and I feel great down 22 pounds. But, you know, it's, it took me four, – I'm 46 years old. It took me 46 years. And I was in great shape till I hit my 40s. Great shape. Once I'm going to mean you look better than I do. What the hell? <laughs> yeah i know right I, I i i tried to get the best one and it's not helping anyway <laughs> back to that it's, it's just real quick it's just your vision make sure your vision the actions align and then get yourself a mentor if like for you know if you want to if you want to lose weight take counsel from somebody who's actually doing it don't take counsel from someone like me who's not in the best shape right now right if you want to learn if you want to learn passive wealth then you Get a mentor in passive If you want to learn how to flip a property, get a mentor the best there is. Don't stop with your mindset of thinking it's costing you money to hire somebody, right? It's not a cost. It's an investment. Right. You need to invest in this, okay? And you need to bring somebody value that's going to help you. Before they help you, you need to help them. Because yeah, I, I sure. see it all the time. I mean, we could drink coffee and we say coffee, right? We could drink coffee, lunch, breakfast, and dinner for the rest of our life for free. Yep. But all the people say, hey, can I buy you coffee and pick your brain? That to me, that's disrespectful, actually. Yeah. You know, because you want me to leave my family for two or three hours for a cup of coffee, yeah. and you haven't said, "Hey, can I, how can I provide you value? Yeah. What can I do to help you provide you value? Maybe bring me a deal, bring me the deal, and maybe I'll mentor you at that point, just so you can learn." That's how. You, that's what I would do. Yeah. If I if I was coming to you and said you were like the guy flipping fifty, hundred houses a year, and I yeah. want to flip, I say, "Listen, if I bring a house." Will you help me? And I'll, I, you don't have to pay me. I'll it with your son. Yeah. You met me. You met yeah. me in these houses. Yeah. And then you probably, at the end, you might throw them 10, 20%, whatever it might be. But that's how you bring the, I always say give to get. And people yeah. don't understand that model. It's always the whiff of attitude. You know, what's in it for me? Um, everybody has that whiff of attitude, and it doesn't get you very far. We call it the W I I F M radio station. <laughs> I love it. I that's love it. We call it. So, um, but you're right. And I, I think, and that thinking grow rich talks about that too. If you're only in business to get before giving, you're going to lose and every time. It, every it, time. Every, everything that, that we try to do here. I mean, like, you know, there goes the rest of the family. Every time we try to get with, um, any of the people that I know, any of my colleagues, I always ask them, what are you up to? Where can I help? And right. it's like, if, if it's something that I can help with, I jump in. If I can't, I can't, you know, I, I, I've got, certain skills that I that I'm good at and there's other skills I'm just like yeah I don't know how to do that but if I know somebody I can scout for you if I find someone I'll get them to you you know that at least there's that openness of, of being like look we're all here to serve each other right. anyway where do I serve you you know right do right do exactly do you don't have that scare you don't have that scarcity mindset so many people are scared to actually um so many people are scared to actually help other people out like you know who can help me with this? And they're like, well, they don't want to tell you, right? Or why don't you want to tell? I the only, you know, listen, you don't want to give your lenders away, maybe your private lenders, but other than that, help somebody. If yeah. you know somebody can help them, help them. I mean, yeah. the people who are most successful in this industry are the people that help without looking for anything in return. Yeah. And then the people with the scarcity, the new, the newer investors with the scarcity mindset, they don't, they don't want to help. They just don't help. 
And that's the problem. And, and you see it, they don't go very far at all. No, they don't. Hey, listen, so we're at about the end of our time. What's the link that somebody can come and see? I'm going to put it up on the screen here, and then I'll, I'll also add it. Where can they come and see you? Um, they can go. They can start off. I, actually, for your group, I'm going to give them a free cheat sheet. Cool. Uh, PDF, so they can go to uh, PassiveWealthAcademy.com forward slash 42K. Okay. So, guys, I'm going to put that up here on the screen. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, make sure you check the description. Um, I'll post this all over the place. Guys, it, Dan gives a whole bunch of great content. If, you, if you're not following him on his, on his Facebook page, make sure you go find him. Um, this is also, again, he just said it's a free PDF for you to start learning how to do this. Don't miss out on it. Um, one of the coolest guys that I've I've come across to date in real estate investing. He's he really he doesn't no dude. I'm not I'm not pumping you. I'm serious, dude. I, I watch your stuff and there's very few people that I'll do like Daniil. I can get real deep with him. We've had a great conversation and I think we probably should have another one somewhere down the line here. Uh, to keep going, keep people thinking in the right direction here. Um, but I want to appreciate you again. Thank you for taking the time hanging out with us here at Java Chat. Guys, thank you for listening to Java Chat. Thanks for watching on OMG Marketing. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and throw them in the comments. If you would, and you're watching this, make sure you hashtag OMGM. That's, that's Oasis Medium Group Marketing. I, I got to thank Trish Lito again for, for helping me on, on figuring out how to get that acronym correctly. It's OMG. It's Oasis Media Group. Uh, we saw that. It was kind of like, what? Oh, dang. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's now the company's name. But in any case, guys, thank you for watching. You know I love all of you. Make sure you take care of each other. Do the best that you can. Keep your heads up and looking forward, and we'll talk with you guys soon. Again, we got, a, we got like a whole bunch more of these interviews coming up. I got some great people coming down the line. This was awesome. Dan, all, all in, brother. Thank you very much. Really appreciate I appreciate you. All right, thank guys. Talk to you guys soon. Thank <laughs> you.